I am Andrea Butcher, and this is Being at Work. Being a leader is hard. So on this show, I set out to talk with experienced leaders to learn from their pivotal moments, how they led through the challenges we can all relate to but are often unheard. Today's pivotal moment is shared by M.T. Ray, SVP of Global HR at Cheetah Digital, an enterprise cross-channel marketing solutions provider. MT has spent many of her years in the tech space, specifically with startups, so it's no wonder she's such a risk taker and innovator. She knows something about challenging the process and stepping out of her comfort zone and is passionate about supporting women in technology. Today, MT is diving into her career journey and a particular time when she faced a blow to her ego and was forced to reinvent herself. Listen in to learn from MT's experience. I grew up on the East Coast, went to college in Boston, had an interest in college even in getting into human resources. And back in the day, it was called personnel. Um, And I did. I jumped right into HR and had a variety of different roles early in my career. My husband's in the hotel business, so uh, he moved around quite a bit with his position. So I became a trailing spouse where every place we moved, I'd have to find a new role for myself. And I did that in HR as well as, uh, as we started to have children. I even then stayed home a bit and uh, became a stay-at-home mom for a while. So uh, with my energy level, uh, staying at home full-time was probably not the best thing, but I I did do that for a bit and then would find opportunities to volunteer or give back and running the PTO or, you know, running the school fundraising. I would always get myself involved to keep my skills current. We moved to Indiana, as I mentioned, 15 years ago with my husband's position. Our kids were, uh, you know, in grade school at the time. I didn't work initially, but then decided to put myself out there and jump back into full-time work. And I did that at a tech company here locally where I took a job as a recruiter and I had to work uh, 40 hours a week plus and go to work every day and get dressed up. And honestly, the day the offer came in, I was like hyperventilating in my kitchen because I was leaving this, uh, you know, this life of mom and stay-at-home mom to go back into a corporate environment, which I did. So I did that uh, as recruiting and then uh, moved from that company on to a few others in Indianapolis, companies that grew big and got acquired by Salesforce, as well as then did some startups, as you mentioned. So a background in HR, background specifically in recruiting, and then quite a strong background in the tech scene. Joined Cheetah Digital about 18 months ago. They are a global company. I took the role of SVP of Global HR, which was a stretch for me in that my specialty area is really recruiting and had an opportunity to stay local here in Indianapolis, take this position on and run a global uh, team of about 25 people across 14 countries uh, around the globe. So it's been a big challenge to take on that position and kind of put me out of my comfort zone a bit in some of the areas that I'm responsible for. Wow, what a ride. So starting in a recruiter role and now leading a global HR team. Mm-hmm. A lot of experiences during that time. So thanks for that. Thanks for the, the journey. Tell us a little bit about the, the specific situation within your career where you found yourself in a situation where you had to reinvent yourself. So when we moved to Indiana um, 15 years ago, I did stay home initially with my kids to kind of get them settled, but I was itching to get back to work and I had done some executive recruiting in my past. So a position was posted locally to be a recruiter in a smaller company, and I applied. And as I mentioned, I got the position, which I was excited about, but also very scared about. I was over 40 years old, jumping back into the workforce and had to balance my husband's career and his very, very busy job with three children. And, and then now myself kind of getting back into the 
the work world. So did it, which was great. Um, you know, eased back in, started to make a difference, got my confidence back, uh, started to build up processes and build up team at this company locally. And then about two years into the role, um, they were going through some tough times financially and a decision was made to have a downsizing, which I was part of managing. And uh, on the last day of the downsizing, I was pulled in and they told me I was impacted and was going to lose my position. So um, quite the blow uh, to my ego and my confidence, totally un un unexpected, surprised by the whole thing. You know, went home that night and kind of felt, wow, over 40, jumped back in. Now I have to figure out what I'm going to do next. And, you know, wasn't really sure what that was going to be. So spent some time, uh, you know, kind of grieving a bit, as you all do when something like that happens to you. I was lucky enough to be given some outplacement help. So I was able to work with a career coach to kind of get my resume back together and kind of be the confidence booster to get me out there and, and take some risks to uh, network and meet some people. This was in 2009, so the economy was not great. Uh, HR position, as I was looking for, were not roles that were being hired. Uh, companies didn't have that budget to add that overhead. So it was a little more challenging, and uh, I had to you know, really step back and look at you know, what did I want to do? What did I need to add to my skill set to uh, get myself a position at a company that would be an opportunity for me to grow? So one area I decided to focus on was A, to network. So put myself out there to, to network and find uh, groups locally that I could make connections. Um, I was not from here, so I didn't have a, a deep network of college friends or past coworkers to call on. I had to really go out and start fresh and, and meet new people. So I spent a lot of time networking and, and attending meetups and just trying to you know get to know people locally that could possibly help me down the road. Second thing I did was a lot of social media. Um, at that time in 2009, social media was just starting to take off. So I got on Twitter, which was uh, fun and that I you know, was one of the first people I knew to be on Twitter and uh, thought I was pretty cool <laughs> to be on Twitter. <laughs> uh, my kids weren't on Twitter, I was. Uh, but anyway, I was on Twitter and uh, just starting to learn how to interact with people in a social uh, you know, media type of setting and be transparent and kind of get my brand out there of who mm -hmm. I was and everything from sharing articles to commenting on things to even starting to blog, which I had not done before. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was another thing. I, I started to blog and just kind of shared, you know, my viewpoints on, on different topics, et cetera. So it was all about just kind of reinventing myself and getting myself out there and making the connections to know what I wanted to do next and be kind of a thought leader and, and be someone who wasn't afraid to take a risk. Yeah, so networking, social media, like two strategies that you used mm -hmm. during that time. Tell me a little bit more about the the networking. So you weren't from Indianapolis, so that added an element of challenge for you. So what was that like, and how did you do that? It was very scary. <laughs> it was scary. Um, you know, when I moved here, didn't know anyone, met the neighbor women, basically, and men, and got involved in the schools, and local sports but had no real uh, business contacts or no network in the business community so had to do a lot of research on what was happening locally what companies were growing would find these groups that would you know meet up and, and talk about different topics and coming out of HR or, or recruiting or social media which was something I was interested in I'd find these groups and and they would have like maybe once a month you know they'd have wine and cheese or something at a restaurant or coffee in the morning and 
I would go and I would sit in my car and I would be nervous and not want to go inside because it wasn't like I was going with a friend or I was going to meet someone there. Majority of the time I was going and, and going in blind to just go in and, and hopefully meet one person that would maybe be that person that would be the contact that would help me find my next role. So, um, and I would negotiate with myself in the car, like go in for five minutes, meet one person and then uh, leave if, uh, if you're uncomfortable. But I would go and, you know, there'd be some of the same people. I'd start to make, you know, friends with some of the people that were at these groups or make new friends as time went on. But I would do it and force myself to do it. And, and part of that was the career, you know, coach who was helping me. I mean, part of going out on this journey of finding what's next is to hold yourself accountable and, and put yourself out there to have to meet people that you don't know or have to set up phone interviews or set up coffees. And, you know, it, it kind of helped me be accountable to, you know, taking this journey and taking this path seriously and finding what was really right for me next. So networking, um, I look back at it now and I kind of laugh because I network so much now myself. And at that time it was so new to me. I was very nerve wracking. Now it's much easier. Right. Well, and you're such a connector. So really in a relatively short period of time, I mean, you've gone from this, I was negotiating with myself in the car, just meet one person to today where you're always making connections in this market with the network that you have. Yes. No, very lucky. Yeah. When I think back to 2009, really not knowing people um, and having to go out there and, and be nervous about making those introductions to the roles I've taken since then, you know, leading a global recruiting team for a software company, exact target here locally, that was acquired by Salesforce, where we hired thousands of people a year. And I see those people now on the street and I see them at social events or I see them out at restaurants and people come over and thank me and hug me. And, mm -hmm. you know, I changed their lives, you know, because I helped them find a new role and help them in the door, just like people did for me, mm -hmm. you know, previous to that role at Exact Target. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I'm very well connected now here in Indy. I'm very, very lucky to have a brand that I've changed lives and I've made a difference and people look at me as someone they can go to to connect them up with who they might want to meet with going forward for whatever reason. Yes, I have friends today because of you, MT. Yes. So thank you for those connections. That's right. We've connected <laughs> each other and we've connected each other with other people. So I thank you as well. That's what it's all about. It is. Right. It's yeah, helping each other out. We are in this together. I also I want to dig in a little bit more to the uh, the accountability you got from your coach. Mm -hmm. So I think that's another interesting strategy in reinventing yourself, isn't it? Is, is surrounding yourself with coaches who can support you, ensure you follow through. Tell me about that process. What was it like having a coach? What value did, did she add to the reinventing process? I mean, definitely a confidence booster. I mean, anyone who gets downsized or you know, it's making a change. Maybe that's unexpected. It def definitely hurts your ego. You lose your confidence. Is it me? What did I do wrong? What should I do differently next time? So to sit with someone who's objective, who kind of looks at the situation and says, it's not personal, this is business. And, you know, you are valued and you do have skill sets that are needed out there. Just having that person to talk to was, was extremely valuable, especially in my situation where I didn't know a lot of people. She helped with my resume. She helped with my networking profile. She would hold me accountable to, you know, so many meetings a week. And it was all based on points. So a coffee was a point and a, an interview was two points and 
you know, in-person interview was five points. It's like the co- coaching of Weight Watchers. <laughs> exactly. Or points. But I mean, unfortunately, my very like you know rule following, uh, you know, wanting to do the right thing, I took it very seriously. I had a little spreadsheet, you know, and I would keep track of it, and I'd have to uh, you know show her what I did and the meetings I had, and you know, but it pushed me. Yeah, I got. I need three more coffees this week. You know, who, who are you going to talk to? Who are you going to call? Who are you going to meet up with? And it made you kind of push yourself to having those introductions and those meetings that eventually, you know, get you to a place where, you know, hopefully a job offer comes. Mm-hmm. So it was just that accountability of someone kind of keeping track of what you're doing and, and then just the encouragement behind it of someone telling you that you're good at what you do and let's talk through options for you and companies that you might be a good fit for. So and I think we enjoyed our time together. It was great. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a lot of value through that process. It is. I mean, and now that I'm talking it out, saying it out loud, I, I use that even now with people that come to me that are looking for a new role or they're in a situation of a transition. And, you know, and I try to encourage them to get out there and put themselves out there and be confident and mm-hmm. keep track of what they're doing. Yeah. And it will work out. I mean, luckily, yeah. today's day and age, the job market's a little better than it was in 2009. And there's a lot of you know opportunity for people. Absolutely. If they take advantage of that opportunity. Exactly. So that's, you know, you're, you're talking about the networking and connecting with other people and your coach and, but you, you did the work, you put yourself out there, you negotiated with yourself in the car. Mm -hmm. What inner work was happening during that time for you? I think I have a lot of grit and I want to win. I'm a, you know, a little bit of a competitor. So, you know, got knocked down. It definitely shook me, uh, you know, in my, my confidence. But as I started to come out of that and get myself out there and have the coach and get to start making, you know, networking connections and meeting people and getting more clarity on maybe what I wanted to do, I became very focused on the companies I wanted to work for, the types of roles I wanted, what I didn't want. And uh, just had to be patient. And that was probably the hardest thing yeah. was waiting for the economy to turn a bit and for some of those roles to open up or um, companies to start hiring. But I spent that time, like I mentioned, I blogged. I did the social media. Another thing I did, I went to the library and took computer classes. So I uh, sat in the library in the basement. There was a group of us, you know, and we learned Excel. And, you know, and I already knew how to use it slightly, but it just kind of increased my skill set. I did Excel and you know, word and learn how to just better my skills in that way because I hadn't, you know, used it as much as I maybe could have. How was that? Uh, another awkward moment yeah. <laughs> where you walk in the library, um, ended up running into someone who also had been downsized from a different role who really had no computer skills in his background. So he and I kind of became buddies because he and I sat next to each other. We knew each other from a distance, but became, uh, I became kind of his person, helped him with his resume, helped him, you know, with job seeking and helping him find a new role. And he was a former golf pro, so he helped with some golf lessons. <laughs> so we bartered. <laughs> so he had golf great. lessons, and I helped him with his resume and helped him with uh, making introductions. You've got something I need. I've got something yeah, I need. Mean, it was just kind of like it was perfect because my background was, you know, recruiting, so I could help him because he didn't even know where to begin. He has since landed a great job. Um, and he's still there actually. I still keep in touch with him. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So back to the connection. Again. Back to the connection thing again. And it was just, you know, I think having the personality and being open and welcoming and wanting to help him, he appreciated that and did the same back. 
I was listening to another podcast and the, the podcast host was, was talking about this, this uh, friend of hers who was talking about how life had given her all these challenges and she felt like um, life had run over her and that she was just hanging on and it was like a bus had come and she was under the bus. And the podcast host said, like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta remember, like, you can either stay under the bus or you can drive the bus. And in this situation you're telling us about, you definitely were driving the bus, really thinking about what can I do here to, to get myself on track. I think um, looking back over my entire career, I mean, graduating college at the same time as my husband, we got married early, followed his career around, put my career kind of on back burner while I became the trailing spouse. It was my time. Like, I, you know, we got here to Indiana, you know, got the kids settled into a normal routine. He was, you know, secure in his role. And it was my time to jump back in and, and go back to work. So, A, I like to work. I have a degree in business management. That's what I like. I like business. I also think as a role model for my children, I wasn't going to just recoil and stay home and complain about things. I was going to show them that you have to pick yourself up and work hard to get back out there. Um, and they've been, you know, big supporters and fans of mine, which I'm so proud of them. I mean, they see the roles I've taken over the years, the success I've had, and, you know, where I've been involved. So I think that was another part of it as well was to prove to myself and to show them that things will happen in life, but you can pick yourself up and get through it. Absolutely. Life is not about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. Right. right. That's what you're modeling. Yes. And I, for your kids and for everyone. Yeah. And I'm very lucky. I mean, I'm not, like you said earlier, I'm a risk taker. I'm not afraid to take a risk or be innovative or think out of the box. That's probably what I'm known for. So uh, I had to reinvent myself. I had to find new ways to put MT out there and kind of shake it up. And I've been very lucky to be as successful as I have been. So if you could go back to 2009 and give yourself any piece of advice, what would it be? I think uh, in my situation, having moved here and not having a network was difficult. So that just was the situation. But I highly encourage people to network. Um, um, you just never know in your career or your life what's going to happen that you need to you know, have connections to go to and reach out to. Um, be transparent. I mean, that's one of my big things and be yourself. Um, I think people who know me like me because I'm pretty real. I, I don't, I am who I am. I don't really try to put on who I want to be or who I think I need to be. I'm pretty true to who I am, um, which I think goes back to being East Coast too. <laughs> I think we're pretty real. Uh, so, uh, but I go back to those days of, uh, I was myself. I think I didn't put on any airs when I met people. I went out to these networking meetups. I, was an over 40 woman who didn't know anyone and I told my story and it's taken me a long time to share that story early on. I think I was embarrassed a bit by being downsized, but now I'm very much about, it was a moment that was defining for me. And as I know people who have been impacted by downsizing or job changes or tragedies in their life, I mean, it's, I think I, I go back to that and what did I do to get myself out of it and how can I help other people? Well, especially given your role where yes. you're in a position now that unfortunately you're sometimes leading downsizings. And so you can really, really empathize with people in a very real way. Yes. That must be helpful to them through that, that hard, hard yeah. process. I think it's the HR background of 
you know, you get into HR, you like helping people, you tend to be more of a server or servant. Yeah. Um, from my recruiting days, it was helping people get into roles that would be life changing for them. And I've done that and I love that. I see still, like I mentioned already, I really see people all the time that were in positions that were just not great for their family or financially, not going to give them a lot in their lives and giving them an opportunity to take a new position and then they did the work too. And I always say that to them is that, you know, I got you in the door and I helped you, you know, get into the interview process, but you've since proven yourself and your success comes from yourself. But the chance that they were given was, uh, they're very thankful for that. So it's just also, that's what kind of keeps feeding you and what makes you feel good about what you're doing. But you're right in HR, we see a lot from the good side of HR of bringing people in and giving them career opportunities to, you know, some of the bad sides of HR where you have to downsize or separate with someone and it impacts their life. And I think having gone through it myself, I tend to be a little bit more empathetic and I'm always people first on how we treat the people. Absolutely. Because you can relate to, to how that feels. I can. Well, you have given our listeners a lot of insight today on how to reinvent yourself. And that's what life is about, right? Continually mm-hmm. doing that, putting yourself out there, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, over and over, you push yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I think that the couple of key things that I'm taking away is just the clearly the how important it is to network and make connections. You've talked about that over and over. And just also this just being a learner, going to the library, taking a class, like recognizing where might I have gaps that I need to fill in. I think the best leaders are the best learners. I agree. And even the, during the times I didn't work full time, like I mentioned, I couldn't sit still at home and just do, you know, take care of the house. I needed to give back. So I got very involved, like I mentioned, in the schools. Uh, even when I moved to Indiana, I mean, I, I ended up being my secretary of the, you know, PTO there for a while. And prior to even moving to Indiana back in Connecticut, I ran the school fair and fundraising and it you know, took on a big job as a volunteer, but it did give me the skills of project management. I was recruiting volunteers. I was managing a process. I was delivering on, you know, results of uh, financial gain, hopefully. So, I mean, I think even when you have those times, you're not working full time or you can't work full time, find other ways to give back and keep your skills current. Yes. Uh, so I think I look back to those times and the networking and connections I made as well as the going to the, the library and, you know, Honing up on my computer skills. There's so much today that you can do online. Oh my God. You don't have to go to the library. Absolutely. <laughs> but you can do it online, uh, which is fantastic. And then the social media piece, which I had not, that was just coming, you know, becoming popular at that point. And there's so much that's changing every day today. Yeah. Whether Instagram or Snapchat or, you know, like you, podcasting. Yeah. And there's so many ways you can, you know, teach yourself and and you just jump there. in and you jump in mm-hmm. yourself. You're doing it with podcasting. You're in it out. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, it makes a difference. And it's, Fun. So if our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Um, probably through LinkedIn would be great. Um, it's uh, I'm on LinkedIn, MT Ray, and it's M period, T period. Um, and then on Twitter, it's MT Ray 27. Well, thank you, MT. It has been delightful. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.